0: welcome to the second edition of the Guild Podcast. Hosting again this week is Andrew Gaytern, Luke Donnelly and myself Mark Stevenson. This week we're bringing you a first of our special guests. He's been at the Guild longer than we've all been alive. He's our current Al Presidente. It's the one, the only, Martin Rocky Wheeler. So Martin,
1: kick things off. How did you become involved with the Guild? All right, yeah. You said it only the last 10 minutes in this interview. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Providing your levels are all right, Rocky, otherwise we could be here all afternoon. Oh,
1: have you yeah. given give some thought about it? Well, I was just thinking of the uh, things that people might find interesting, but having said that, I could be sadly wrong. They don't find it interesting. But the uh, question was I suppose every asset, you know, what first drew you up to the club? Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's a starting point for all of us. What took us up to a thing called Trinity Guild? Uh, for me, it was. Case okay, so had just left school at 16. Um, lived in Earlsdon. It was I think it I think it was a 1977 season, that era. So before a lot of you were born, before you said anything. Um, and I was kicking around after finishing school. I was looking up as a rugby playing school, a lot of extra energy, didn't know what to do. Mum and dad were getting sick of me kicking around the house. And mum said, there's a rugby club just around the corner in Code of Orange Bridge Road we were then. Because we weren't far from the park. I said, for goodness sake, get yourself down there and have a look. And of course, just going on with Todd, I thought, oh, I won't know anybody. Or what should I do? Anyway, cut long story short, I went round eventually, popped my head into the rugby club, which was full, packed. um, The kit bag and said, oh, I'd like to play rugby so the guy over there runs the Colts because it was a Colts it was a big mini and junior set up at the guild at that point played every Sundays in the park took me over to this guy who happened to be, this is the manager of the Colts the Colts then were 16 to 19 year olds so it's quite a range so I was introduced to this guy and he welcomed me and made me very welcome said he brought some kit yeah brought some kit well we'll try and get you a game today Uh, so obviously then I started wet myself thinking I actually have to play um and he introduced himself and his name was Ian English. So he was the original um, Colt's manager when I went down. Um of Guy, lots of strangers, and bear in mind I just left school and schoolboy rugby, which was a case of if somebody's on the floor you stepped over them. All of a sudden I was introduced to Club Rugby and I was on the floor and I think it was a case of the last person to tap dance on this new sparkling kid. Uh, gets a medal so I was all of a sudden introduced this rugby and I, you know you, you're taught to say sorry in, in school rugby but I was you know it was like being used as a doormat for the first time ever and there were some real characters down there as well that bear in mind I was 16 and some of these were 19 year olds um, and uh, yeah all of a sudden I learned what real rugby was all about <laughs> the hard way Um, and there's some odd characters that you probably won't have heard because of your era but guys like Ivan Skite who was an absolute nutter and he, he beat up more of his own players than he did opposition and he was just quite <laughs> frightening uh. and he used about 14 inches of uh, Vaseline over his face to cover up all the scars and He he said again, i just left school rugby and this is what it's about but it was a, a baptism of fire and I can't remember who we played because it was a long time ago but yeah I loved it it got rid of all the frustrations because i just started work and everything else. And, and say I'm still here. some whatever number of years later. What position did you start at Rocky? Well, I can't remember. I think because it was a reason, you know, the height was a height. Um, it was either back row or second row. Whatever, whatever the availability was, to be honest, I wasn't fussed at that point, just have a run out. Um, and I think I was pretty much put second row then. Um Again, the school board rugby, very different you know your head was stuck in there and you know not everybody bound because you had all sorts of hands coming through to just to introduce you to the game but that's how I loved it and then in training went training with the seniors and um, that was hard um, but in those days what they tended to do is every together in the park and then um, the fitness you could all do but then they did break off the colts into an area to um, do your own bit of um, technique, whatever it was, but I try to think some of the characters there. I mean, Martin Parrott was there when we first started. Cables were there, Alan and Jeff, which yeah. means some something to some people, but I don't know some of his names. And they had a really good cult, so I side, uh, John Vag, um, at the top end, the age group. So that era, it was a case of you start at sixteen, and you have a, a wave of going through their age groups, and then all suddenly the oldest group, nineteen, and it. You had really successful seasons, and we did. We were runners-up in a minor cup, which was a big tournament in those days. And the final year, with Johnny Ball's era coming through, we won it at uh, Counter Road, so successful Colts. And I think that success helped bring more and more players to the club at the time. It's the first team had a good season. Les Bend, I think, was captain early doors when I was there. Um, but then, of course, the migration from Colts, which rugby to adult rugby was another transition um, and we were blooded in slowly. And I use the word blooded in literally. The old clubhouse at uh, Rowley Road was a stopping off point for many clubs. They'd all come back from their away games and because it was near the town centre or an easy bus ride or perhaps a taxi, the clubhouse used to be full on a Saturday evening with other clubs popping in and you wouldn't leave until perhaps eight or nine o'clock at night easily if not later but there's another bit of my learning curve um first few weeks went down because i was 16 not allowed to officially drink unless it was a shandy um but you're meeting the parrots and a few characters that said we'll, we'll introduce you to this thing called alcohol um and because i literally was walking distance home i said to my and dad oh, i'll be back about half six the game will finish at four or five won't take long to get home well unfortunately for me I shouldn't have told my mum and dad what time would be home because I think it was the second game I suddenly grabbed in a clubhouse by somebody who said Martin there's somebody here to see you I went oh who's that bear in mind I already just got used to drinking shandies he says your mum's here to pick you up of course you can imagine what a rugby club how they love that so everybody applauded. My mum came into the clubhouse to bring his little lad home. And, of course, nobody ribbed me for ages on that, did they? Oh, dear. So the phrase was every week then, Martin, what time's your mum coming to pick you up? But, uh, <laughs> I learnt very quickly, don't tell my mum and dad what time they ex- expected home.
0: And uh, so it sounds a bit like this, the safeguarding for children like there was when we were cults as well. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, oh. non-existent I think was a good way to put that
1: so so were you allowed to properly drink or for the benefit of the tape no of course I wasn't (laughs) I just had lots of shandies without much lemonade in it seemed but it was a small clubhouse but it was buzzing always buzzing I said lots of clubs popped in there was always a bit of a atmosphere positive atmosphere and friendly atmosphere and and it was a, a haunt for many clubs and we played in this park pitch which wasn't the biggest pitches you used to have to check it each saturday that was uh what the dog walkers been up to because otherwise you literally would smell it in the in the scrum Mm. or worse still it'd be on some shorts next to your face in the scrum but yeah it was it was great great times and it's it hooked us and we've all been hooked in different ways.
0: So it, ra- it raises the point. So we're obviously going through moves at the moment, the club, moving from Raleigh Road to and then we're obviously going to our final home. So so you were involved in the first move then? Well, it wouldn't have been the I very was, first move yeah. in the Guild, but uh, the, the one from the Memorial Park up to Raleigh Road. Yeah, we,
1: well, we were asked to move by the council because they wanted to use the pictures for other things to this day. We can't seem to have done much with it, but yeah, it was an opportunity for us to move and look for a new ground and still a junior then but involved with a fundraising committee we had then as well as i think it might mean colt's captain anyway there's was a fundraising committee we had to raise some money to um build a clubhouse ourselves so that was through loans grants money raising and to move from our old clubhouse which we sold as well as part of the move to the uh, rally road didn't, didn't that old clubhouse end up at Old Warwickians or something? It did, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and we I've then been
1: played in it, it, yeah. And we, yeah, they bought it uh, off us. So that was benefited them and helped us. And obviously to a brand new, very different setup at Raleigh Road to Cote of Orange Road. Cote of Orange Road was really small. Literally, at some points, we had the co- we had almost four teams, and you would take it in turns to get changed. And you'd get change in one of the change rooms which was pretty much where all the barrels were stored. So you'd have to lean over the barrels to hang your coats and the hooks on the hooks and everything else. It was a very different environment. The scrimmage machine was at the back of the clubhouse. You'd have a scrimmage machine and you'd do proper scrimmaging sessions on there. And you had two points, you'd do um, snap shoves all the way along this area and less bending and you'd make you pick up the scrimmage machine, run back to the start line with the scrimmage machine on your shoulders and start again. And do sessions like that so with limited resources we we did really well but it was yeah it's it was grassroots um, rugby in its truest sense but great
0: i guess for those that don't know on the coast of armsbridge road it, it's the car park now isn't it in, opposite the memorial park so it was across yeah. the road that, that's where the clubhouse was wasn't it
1: well it was yeah and you used to change there and then cross the road and go up to the park pitches the interesting thing you talked about house of safety in those days, there was a bit of health and safety. There was no kite marking on the studs. So you literally had to have files in your, <laughs> in your kit bags to file the burrs off your studs because they would burr over and make really like sharp edges. The irony was that the old guild at Cove Orange Road is you'd have your studs checked. So you'd be firing all the, the studs down to make them nice, sharp, get all these sharp edges, but become, they came sharp in their own right. The referee would check him and say, that's fine. Yeah, no problems with that. You don't going to slit anybody open with those. Then you do a warm-up on concrete stone floor, walk across the road, up to the pitch, by which time all the birds and his studs had reappeared. And you wonder why everybody was getting cuts. And Because I say, those days, he didn't step over too many people. He went <laughs> literally over them.
0: Rocky, when did you start holding uh, committee roles? And what were they?
1: In terms of years... It- which when I became Colt's captain as a captain invited into the meetings so it would have been 18 so how many years ago was that maybe late 70s 80s because you were your captain of a team they invited you into discussions in the club because you were part of the club which I was quite quite um excited but it's over also a bit worrying because you know a lot of senior people in business and different things but it was a great learning for life in some ways as well because people from different backgrounds different experiences in business it was run as a, as a, you know, an operation because we had so many teams. So yeah, late 70s, maybe early 80s, and then, of course, once you're deemed a volunteer inverted commas, that's it. There's <laughs> many times I've tried stepping back, I still haven't succeeded. God, what, what roles have you ha- held then, for those that don't know? What roles
0: um, haven't had? Well, you probably or, haven't. It's probably easier to explain what you have. No, had,
1: I've, <laughs> I've only had a few roles. So, so I was lucky enough to be a captain of a, the Colts, seconds. And then on the admin, I suppose, um, there's a fundraising committee of sorts, which is basically trying to organise events to get us up to Raleigh Road. And then because of the nature of what my work was, deemed suitable for be a treasurer, and treasurer for a long time before, again, for some reason, people said, oh, el presidente. Um, illustrious el presidente at that. And I think I was quite, young I was quite shocked to be asked. I thought I'd be a really old fart to be a president. I've obviously, now matured into that position <laughs> as the old FART president, but at the time, yeah, I was how many years I've done it now, but it was, felt quite young compared to a lot of presidents around the county. But it's still, and you are of the longest involved. service president now, aren't you, at the Guild? I'm not sure, There might be some war years and all that where it was very different then, wasn't it? But so, I'm trying to think of my successor, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll be, I know I can be overwhelmed with the volunteers, but it is a Privileged to be, you know, a senior role in the club. So I do recognise it for that. At times it's frustrating because you know you've got a sink behind it. But but uh, yeah, when I joined, however many years ago, I can't think I thought I'd be still here now. But I'm glad to be here. Rocky,
0: why are you called Rocky?
1: The story of me getting a nickname, like many players. As we've all somehow been given a nickname linked to Tiny being the smallest guy, obviously, or tallest guy. Mine came about as I'd gone into senior rugby. I wasn't necessarily the biggest bloke on the pitch, but i like to think I was fit and kept myself fit and mobile. So I became a much a nuisance player. So I used to get in the way of people, knock them down as hard as I could, everything else. But I'd be running around chasing everybody down so if it's using fitness and being a nuisance player. So being a nuisance player, the opposition used to mark me, thinking we need to stop this nuisance factor. So I used to get my fair share of knocks in terms of uh, punches, sometimes from my own teammates, I'm sure, whatever. And was quite often obviously used as a tap dancing floor. In the old days, you were allowed to tap dance on people to get them out of the way in rooks. So usually when I came off a game, I looked like I'd done 10 rounds with a, in a boxing ring because my face used to be fairly well marked as it still is now, and I got advised by a senior player Martin, you need to grease yourself up, put plenty of Vaseline around your eyebrows, everything else, cheeks, ears. So, sure enough, of course, I said no, you need to put more grease on than that. So, he's put loads of grease on the face. I still got the knocks, and uh, the joke was uh, I think we might be playing Eve from somebody, and the joke was the father TCLLA saying, no, Look, it's rocky. As a, uh, the film, so it's obviously linked to that era. Here's Rocky, and the name came about that, not least because I say you still got the punches, the kicks, everything else. And the the Mickey tape was me thinking or looking like a boxer. Um, and like some nicknames, that don't always stick. But whatever happened in the game, there was an article in the Guild that weekend, and it was in the uh, Telegraph, whatever else. And my name, I don't come if I scored or what it was, because I forgot to get the paper cutting out. And my nickname was put in there, Martin brackets Rocky Wheeler, was put in the (laughs) paper. And so there's no chance of men losing it, because the way in next week, of course, it just got worse and worse. It says, oh, here's Rocky. And that was it. It stuck.
0: Oh, dear.
1: Of course, the worst thing for me is them going to the rugby pitch and your, mates, your teammates calling you Rocky, and the opposition think, "Oh, he's Rocky, is he? Let's see how let's see how tough he is." And then, for God's sake, don't mention it too loud.
0: Yeah, had only turn out here, not so hard, well, are you now? Not
1: so, rocky, no, are you? I, me- I remember uh, F- Phil Eads, um mentioning it in a we're playing Kersley, and I'd been marked out by a guy called Tony Weston and, uh, and Rob Grace, who were quite sizable lads themselves and uh, it was a nuisance fact and somebody, he shouted rocky and um they 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 did a dropout and i was clearly being marked for this ball to come to me and the two of them absolutely poleaxed to me i remember it absolutely smashed me i got up and there's blood pouring from my nose my i got up there and i thought stop calling me rocky for god's sake and i got up and it, it was pouring blood I looked at Philly's saying, You just shut up. They looked at me say, and said, You're right, you're right, Rocky, again. <laughs> and I looked at them and Philly's quick as anything says, he's all right, he can take it. And I just looked at him thinking, No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but the Rocky name stuck. So There's a storyline though, does that means that surprised you. Or, or do you not heard at all how it
0: came about? No, gen- I genuinely don't know why you were called Rocket. No, I don't
1: think I do either. No, actually. I just thought it because
0: you were lively, not just because you took a lot of cracks as well.
1: well it was, no, I was lively because I used to say a nuisance fact. I used to chase everything down.
0: Right, lads. That's it for part one of this episode. Hope everyone's enjoyed it. Please join us for part
1: two.